soul of an internet machine, a podcast journaling the adventures of a software development team creating new applications for a Belgian client called Electrotest. We are striving to meet the client's requirements, improve process, build great software, have a bit of fun, and maybe make a few new friends. Follow us through our shared adventures. My name is Christina Moore. Find me at the website christinamore.us. So, welcome to Series 2023. This podcast has no sponsorships, accepts no advertising, and represents my individual efforts. Enjoy for free and no annoying interruptions. This is Episode 1. My name is Christina Moore. I introduced myself earlier as a modern toolsmith. I build the tools of the modern economy. I love what I do. Well, recognizing it is likely boring. To some, maybe. My skills tend toward financial, regulatory, and document management. So many are drawn to technology and software find robotics, games, artificial intelligence, sexy and cool. And they are. I create digital infrastructure, the sort of stuff that permits banks to bank, governments to track money, people to manage documents and follow rules or laws. Geeks like me create invoices and track payments. Well, making little robotic hands wiggle or Morrow running his maze certainly looks fun. Invoices, these keep the lights on, the rent paid, food on the table. Without an invoice, nothing in commerce works. Yeah, I live in a small town where we farm. We trade labor, we trade favors, we trade farm produce and sausage. We have a small barter economy going on here, as there is all over the globe, but You can't pay taxes, nor buy a new car with fresh eggs. Imagine that, showing up to the bank monthly with enough eggs to pay the car loan or the mortgage. We don't live in that world anymore. Instead, we create invoices that get sent off electronically, then paid by someone electronically, that lands in a bank account electronically, paychecks get created and paid electronically, The mortgage and car payment goes from the banks electronically to those vendors. This entire economy takes place on and around the Internet. The process of making this economy work requires machines. And yes, I include software as a machine. It takes energy, does a thing, has an output, and can do it again. When I introduced this podcast, The Soul of an Internet Machine, my team and I were developing a commercial product using tools from Oracle. The Internet Machine, also known as software, is beautiful, fully functional, and a complete flop. We are a group of software developers who excel at developing software. Our team failed at marketing the product. I offer no apologies nor excuses. The word failure does not bother me too much. Failures precede success. Sometimes follow success. Failure and success dance on two sides of the same line. We know the difference between failure and success after the fact, but rarely can we differentiate success from failure in the minute. We tried to launch a novel product into a market space filled with massive noise and distractions. Yes, we opted to launch just as the global pandemic hit. It appeared that all conversations focused on COVID, what was left over, at least here in the United States, got hoovered up by the chaos surrounding our political situation. Season one of this podcast fizzled as I came to grips with the failure. So welcome to season 2023. 
really season two, but, you know, maybe I missed a year. I ought to say, welcome, Alan, and bienvenue à tous. Instead of following the efforts of a small software development team creating commercial software that we sell retail, Series 2023 follows the same team creating custom software for a client in Belgium. The audience for this podcast includes business folks who manage data, manage software, or manage software development. Additionally, the audience includes technical folks interested in Oracle database application development. I will blend story-based narratives with some technology and real-world business examples. We learned of the project in the fall of 2001 as negotiations became an open secret within our team. I designate 06 December 2021 as the official start of the project. Reviewing my emails one year later, I see that through the middle part of December 2021, we were transitioning from one European-based client to a new client in Belgium. On 22 December of 2021, I have an email with the subject line, In Pa Issues meaning a few issues. We spent most of that month finding our footing. We set up the tools that we need to share code via GitHub. We established our management process with tickets and workflows. In our first European slash Belgium project, we were late to the team. We came in with specific expertise. We communicated only with the existing development team who were located in Slovenia and Belgium. We never met the client. Lovely project. We came in as the pros from Dover. That's a line from the book and movie MASH. With golf clubs over his shoulder, Hawkeye walks into a hospital saying, just tell them the pros from Dover are here. We are pretty darn good at managing documents. In February of 2017, I wrote an application programming interface or digital connector to Amazon Web Services S3 document storage system. AWS 3 updated their security, so the existing versions provided little help. The code is available on my GitHub site. I provided it for the Oracle community free of charge. The implementation requires skill. We use this technology to manage over 400,000 documents for the government of Puerto Rico following the twin hurricanes of 2017. Impressively, we pushed and pulled nearly two terabytes of data via Oracle's programming language, PLSQL. The pros from Dover, meaning Stephanie or Stevie and me, jumped right in for this first Belgium client. We implemented a document management system that pushed and pulled documents to both Oracle's cloud storage system and Amazon's S3 storage system. We did other cool things. Most of our assignments had to do with pulling or pushing data to external systems. We were thrilled to get a new project for a new client in December of 2021. We heard that this is a green field environment. We'd be starting from scratch. It's my favorite. I find myself happier with a blank sheet of paper, a green field, then conceiving, designing, writing, testing from zero. I recognize I'm an architect. I am less happy picking up someone else's tangled mess. There are those who love repairing and fiddling at systems like that. Just not me. In the early days of my career and with early software development projects, I did have to do that, fiddling and repairing other people's systems. For one financial enterprise management system, we were limited to two character variable names. And two characters means two letters, two letters from the English alphabet. 
That means in any environment, you had a maximum of about 650 variable names, and they look like AA, AB, AC, AD, or BC. Total junk. Writing code is writing. Writing code is elegant. Writing code is storytelling. Beautifully written code is beautiful. Well-written code follows a streamlined, logical, precise process called thinking. My father, a novelist, once said, writing well requires thinking well. My corollary to that statement is good code requires good thinking. No one can write good code without clarity. I derive the same satisfaction from writing code as I do from writing stories. That thought, that vision, that story, that process in my brain needs to be communicated to another. That thought needs to be understood by another. That thought, when communicated, must be logical. My friend and colleague from Belgium seduced me by stating that this project is ours. We will start from scratch, from a white piece of blank paper, from an empty database, from a greenfield that has never been turned. That statement proved to be a little wrong. Who cares? He proved himself to be mostly correct. Yay! I design, build, host, and support software. Software is the most ubiquitous tool in our economy, and likely the least visible. You may be listening to my podcast on a computer weighing 200 grams. Your mobile phone. You may be in a car. In the recent six decades, toolsmiths, like me, have put software into the tiniest of items. We've moved software from floppy disks to phone, then to the internet. Who is the audience for the soul of the new machine? Let's start with a curious. Curious about technology, curious about history, curious about business process and entrepreneurship, curious about invention and product development, curious about science. Is that you? I will not take deep dives into code and coding. That's a visual art. Developing software is a human endeavor. Two people talk. Two people share an idea. They build a vision together. They then build towards that vision together. Building is sexy. Building is fun. YouTube is filled with makers making stuff. Often they say nothing. Sometimes you only ever see their hands. And millions watch these videos. Before starting Series 2023 of this podcast, I reviewed some of my statistics. This podcast has been listened to people from at least 25 countries. Since the release of my first series, I've spoken at a global Oracle conference on this topic and was awarded my Oracle Ace. Speaking at a global Oracle conference would have been super cool, except the conference fell mid-pandemic. Instead of standing at a podium, I sat in this same chair in this same office, looking at the same wall I'm looking at today. Others were there, uh, but I only saw my ring vanity light and the blue LED from the camera. The 6th of December, 2021, serves as the start of the project because on that day, we established our connection to the new and clean database schema for this client. That is the day we generated the SSH key that encrypts data between our desktops and the Oracle database. We established the GitHub repository on 21 December. On 27 December, there is an email titled 
data vor lookups. You get the sense that our team uses a funny blend of Dutch and English. Most of the folks at our client prefer speaking Dutch. We have one gentleman where the preferred language is French. Mais oui, français aussi. When Stevie and I worked and lived in Puerto Rico, Spanglais was the common tongue. Delightfully inconsistent blend of American English and Puerto Rican Spanish. As a result, I coined the term Dutchlish to represent the funny blending of Dutch and English used in emails, documents, and conversations. Regrettably, my pronunciation seems entirely German. Je suis désolé. We are a couple of North American programmers based on the East Coast. I'm in New England, and Stevie is in Virginia. Eli, whom you'll meet later in the series, lives now in Washington State. Our client and project manager lives in Belgium. As I said, we generate invoices electronically, send them digitally across the Atlantic Ocean. We get paid electronically with funds deposited to our bank in the United States, which then covers payroll and other normal expenses. Yes, we wrote our own time-tracking software, which is available commercially. It is called Tempest Time. The invoices we generate in PDF use a tool from United Codes called Apex Office Print, or AOP. The invoices from AOP are gorgeous. We've seen clients print invoices from our software that stands as tall as 200 millimeters, or 8 inches. We wrote that product nearly a decade ago. While focused on government consulting, it has been used by lawyers, engineers, and software developers. When a firm uses its own software that it developed for commercial sale, we call that eating your own dog food. We got hired for this job precisely because we are experts in back office functions, such as invoicing, regulatory affairs, document management, and all of the boring things that keeps our global economy rolling along. Let me introduce you to our client now. Our client is a Belgium firm called Electrotest. This company inspects industrial and residential properties focusing on regulatory compliance, health, and safety concerns. These are the guys who inspect lifts, elevators, cranes, and smoke detector systems and fuel petrol stations. If there exists a nexus between safety, health, and human occupations, then Electrotest is likely to inspect it. In some cases, the inspections fall within government guidelines. In some cases, the inspections are required by the domestic gas companies of Belgium. In some cases, they provide the home or electrical inspections related to new construction or home sales. For listeners in the United States, this process does not relate. Nearly all of us have stood in a hotel lift elevator reading the safety certificate. In the United States, this certificate tends to be issued by a municipality or a local government official. Following new construction or remodeling of a home or an office, a local government official tends to inspect and certify plumbing, electrical systems, fire prevention, fire detection systems. In the United States, these processes are fragmented by municipal, state, and federal regulations. The Kingdom of Belgium has a population of more than 11.5 million people. The New York City metropolitan area has 20 million residents. The New York City metropolitan area is about half of the size of Belgium at 12,000 square kilometers. Belgium is about 30,000 square kilometers. 
the central government of Belgium seems both more centralized than the U.S., but also more complicated by having multiple and cultural borders, which sometimes have their own regulatory scope. For example, the rules in Flanders may differ from Wallonie. Seriously, who wants simple? Writing software for ElectroTest to perform and report on their inspections is a bit simpler because of the strong and centralized nature of these health and safety regulations. In my rural town in Vermont, where we trade eggs for homemade bacon and hang hams in the basement, I do my own electrical work. I've redone most of the plumbing in this house. We don't do inspections here. There are no inspectors. Simply isn't a thing. But a few kilometers away, across the line in Massachusetts, the process follows different rules because it is a different state. We have 54 or 55 states or state-like entities. I know, our flag only has 50 stars. There are 4 million American citizens in Puerto Rico who have no rights to vote in our national election and get no representation in our Congress and have no star on our flag. We exceed others with our inconsistencies and shenanigans. From their offices near Brussels, Electrotest is able to provide inspection services to individuals, particularly, and corporations throughout Belgium. What does Electrotest need? Bluntly, everything we can offer. Their staff appears excellent at their duties. Before we met them, they generated nearly 50,000 invoices per year by hand using Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. I will say this often during the 2023 series of The Soul of an Internet Machine. Excel is the world's worst database. In fact, it is not a database. Oh, go argue with me, blah, blah, blah. You can query from a column and select stuff, blah, blah. Go ahead. I'll ignore you. Databases are relational and robust. Databases use internal rules to maintain data integrity. Databases manage large, robust, complex data with grace and ease. If you have developers like us who make it graceful and easy. I shall not dive deeper into their manual and internal systems. They made the decision to modernize. We praise that decision. To their credit, they have tried numerous systems, both commercial and custom over the years, to make some improvements. Can we automate systems for invoicing and save them money? How do we do that? Is money leaking out of their manual processes? Or are they or were they losing money due to process management? Can we automate process for pricing? Can we automate the processes needed for taking a service order? Can we automate and standardize the process of generating inspection reports? The first time I saw the CEO of ElectroTest get quoted in the press for her endeavors, she did not focus on the financial gains. She instead revealed specific climate goals for the software. I never once thought that a back-office automation of a national company could or would have positive impact on climate policies. She made the connection. In an early release, Stevie demonstrated some of our preliminary tools for planning inspections for inspectors. Through our digital connections, our APIs were mapped to Google and Oracle. We can estimate both the travel time and travel distance between two appointments. Therefore, this software can and will 
aid electrotest in optimizing inspectors' travels. Yes, in days of escalating fuel and electricity costs, reducing the kilometers driven each day has a positive impact on our planet. It also saves the company money. A kilometer not driven is a bit of carbon not launched into our atmosphere. Yay for the home team. In case you're curious, this process of route planning is generically called the traveling salesman problem. Yes, it was named before women were invented or something. We're not the geeks who wrote the code that does that type of analysis. We're the kind of geeks that can bring that tech into everyday situations. Another challenge we face falls on the French and Dutch fracture lines in Belgium. In short, the company must offer materials such as inspections and invoices in the language preferred by the customer. Here in the United States, we don't even try to pay attention to this. Read any street sign. We don't even use international icons on our street signs. Read it in English or die or get a ticket or whatever. Stevie and I are native English speakers. My language background is a total mess. I am left-handed, dyslexic, who learned at the knees of a classically educated author. My father, although entirely American, used the British spelling for nearly everything. We stuck an extra U into words, such as color and honor. My father's father was also a writer. He was a nationally syndicated news columnist on the NBC Red Network during World War II. That was on something called the radio, which preceded television, which preceded the internet and streaming and podcasting. My grandfather hosted a nationwide podcast that broadcast from coast to coast telling people the news during World War II. Then I got to school and learned that I spelt stuff all wrong and even said stuff wrong. Learnt isn't a word in American. It is learned. And I worked through that for a few years. Then I got tossed into French class at a young age. I had to put the U back into color and honor and such. So close, but wrong. In seven years of studying French at school, I never made it past third year French. I would pass French 1 with a minimal grade, then fail to matriculate to French 2. I had to do French 1 over again. You're asking a left-handed dyslexic who can't spell in her own native language to spell it correctly in another language. Seven years of trying and failing. Spanish was common in the streets of Boston where I grew up. I took several Spanish courses at university. My mother and aunt were fluent in Spanish during my youth. It was nothing to be yelled at in Spanish. Sierra Laporta, or just Laporta. I still try, and I still can't spell well in any language. Stevie took Spanish, and her mother's tongue was Tagalog from the Philippines. Now, the two of us read documents in Dutch and generate cool reports, invoices, and such in both French and Dutch. Our applications, written in Oracle Apex, operate in English, Dutch, and or French, depending on the user's preference. We store the data in three languages— Furthermore, we use a digital connector, API, to Deeple to perform automatic translations behind the scenes. Our team has grown since we started in December of 2021. Our internet machine, our software, exceeded several expectations, but not without hard work, small setbacks, frustrations, and immense joy. I love this project. I love to see how our work positively impacts hundreds of people at ElectroTest. I see that our work increases the value of this company and enhances their competitive position. I like being a member of a winning team. That's everything to me.
I'll digress before closing. I spent a year in Iraq as a civilian member of the United States Army during 2005 and 2006. I served as a technical specialist within a military unit. My boss was a major. Together, we supervised the activities of a platoon of soldiers. Their mission was to improve the digital communication platforms in central Iraq, although we traveled to northern Iraq too. When we arrived with fiber optic or microwave systems, soldiers could call home and talk with families. Yes, all the secret military data moved better too. I walked about 10 kilometers most days in that blistering heat. We called ourselves the AT&T of Iraq. Yes, we did interface with the local telephone company too. Along the way, we stood up antenna masts and poles. Often, in the soft concrete, I would write my name or initials or my call sign. The soldiers called me Charlie Mike. I can still find several of these poles and masts on Google Earth. I cannot zoom in well enough to see my little signature, though. I admit that the war was ill-conceived, resulted in a disaster, and I happened to be there when a civil war broke out between two factions within the country. Basically, that all sucked. I envisioned that 20 years later, I could return to Iraq to see what remains of our work, of my work. The sense of seeing and touching your own efforts years later brings pride. Imagine being part of the team that built the Brooklyn Bridge or having an ancestor that built it. That's pride. You look and say, I built that. Frankly, we're always part of a team. The pride we feel is personal. I look down from Google Earth and feel pride that I once did that. That's mine. I was part of that. That one pole, that one fiber optic line, that one microwave shot. That's everything to me. I love that sense of pride from building something good. Yes, even in a horrible combat environment, that pride remains. I did that. We did that. I was a part of that. Our work contains a bit of our soul, our personality, our sweat, our tears. Yes, occasionally tears. No matter how many times I insist, there are no tears in software development. That is our investment. The reflection of our work, whether it is the Brooklyn Bridge or a tall mast tower in Iraq or software, is the reflection of our own effort. We put the soul into our machines. In the early 1980s, Tracy Kidder wrote a book called The Soul of a New Machine, where he explored the process of building a new computer and told us stories of people. He gave us a story about people while they were building a thing. I challenge you to look at the modern tools around you, the software you use, and think to yourself, a human being made this. A team of human beings made this. That might lend to why. What decisions did they make? For example, Microsoft Word, which has been around for decades, is not a soulless tool. Before it became a monopoly, there were other products. I learned to word process with WordStar. People who built that software understood the touch typist. One could navigate up, down, left, right with a few keystrokes from your left hand. You never had to move your hands from the intended spots on the American-style QWERTY keyboard. People would argue and disagree about which word processors are the best. We don't have that choice anymore if we seek compatibility with other organizations globally. Microsoft Word a ubiquitous office product, is filled with bias. 
and decisions, right down to how the menus are presented. For example, spelling and grammar. If your prior file says you speak and write American English, then you'll be reminded or chastised for straying off course. Don't spell a word in British or Canadian English. Toss the U out from color and honor for shame. And bicycle has only one Y in it, which is not how we spelt the word in my youth. The IBM Selectric typewriter did not attempt to be so helpful. Microsoft Word will announce that your word choices may offend if you step into George Carlin's list of seven Anglo-Saxon phrases. Except the list grew. Word chastises for writing what it considers jargon. Once upon a time, the developers left us a few Easter eggs in the software. I remember teaching people that if they typed a long series of the letter Z or Z, it replaced it with the word sleep. That's a human mind at work. In fact, I may argue that Microsoft Word has done more to unify American English than all of the primary school teachers put together. We've lost our regional differences. Similarly, Microsoft Word artificially builds and reinforces barriers between the variants of English. We all observe that English has become the global language, the lingua franca of the 21st century. With global platforms of blogging, social media, and YouTube, I am observing a leveling of global variances between the versions of English. The language appears to be converging a bit. Here's old word reinforcing the differences. There is no good or bad, just a decision made by a series of software developers who happen to be human beings. That's what we are. We make stuff up. That's what this series is about. How is it that a few human beings make stuff up, make things happen, and build a machine together? What comes next for this series? I'll start at the beginning and explore the beginning from the perspective of a newbie to a team and a project. I'll also bring in other points of view from other teammates. My personality will show through, including some sour and frustrated opinions of the, some of the work I had to do. Yuck. And some of the great things we accomplished. And you'll get to know our team, Stevie, Eli, Dimitri, Brom, Dirk, and others as they join. See you next time. Be well, do good, and have fun. The Soul of an Internet Machine is a copyrighted production of Fire Media LLC 2023. All rights reserved. You can find me at my website, christinamore.us. Email is okay. Christina at christinamore.us. For now, I am still on Twitter with at Seymour underbar SP. That's Charlie Mike. C-M-O-O-R-E underbar SP. Thank you.